Welcome to the Endpoints Podcast, presented by the ALS Therapy Development Institute. I'm Jonathan Gang. ALS can happen to anyone. Although many people outside of the ALS community often think of it as a disease that affects older people, onset can occur at any age, in any person, for reasons that are not yet understood. Take, for example, Ajay Sampat. He's 36 years old, he has a wife and two young children, and works as a neurologist specializing in sleep disorders. Earlier this year, he was diagnosed with ALS. Facing a terrible diagnosis like ALS at such a young age is, of course, unimaginable for anyone who hasn't experienced it. But, with the help of his family and friends, Ajay is working to make sure he can live as fully as possible with the time that he has. Today, Ajay joins us to talk about what it was like going through all of this and how checking things off his bucket list since he received his diagnosis has been helping him process it all. Um, you know, it's, it's been an overwhelming uh, time, as, as you can imagine. It's been um, a lot of stuff to deal with um, in terms of just navigating the, um, you know, the immediate sort of, um, you know, logistical challenges that come with navigating the healthcare system from a patient side. I've, I've done it from a provider side, but it's very different doing it as a patient, which I've learned. Um, we also have two young kids, and so that's been also very challenging, navigating all of this with two young children. Um, but thankfully, you know, we have a, a wonderful family and a lot of support, and so we've been able to, to get through things so far with the help of our family and friends, but um, it's, been, it's been overwhelming, to say the least, in some ways. As a neurologist himself, even though his specialty isn't related to neurodegenerative disease, Ajay had some advantages over most other people in understanding the diagnosis process. But he says that even though he knew more about the medicine behind the procedures he was undergoing, nothing could have prepared him for the reality of finding out he had ALS. Well, I think being a neurologist, you know, it, it gives me probably more of a background to understand, you know, some of the, the terms and sort of the workup and the medical aspects of things, certainly. Um, I'm not a neuromuscular specialist, um, and so this is not something that I see in my practice or, or do in my practice um, every day. I'm actually a sleep medicine uh, physician. And so it does give me some advantage in terms of, you know, understanding what's going on. Um, but, you know, in terms of preparing and, and sort of like dealing with the, you know, the, uh, the day-to-day issues that come with it, um, I don't think being a neurologist really makes it any more different, better or worse than anyone else. Um, you know, you're still navigating this like any other individual would, um, but it just, give me a, a better sort of um, background to, to really understand some of the things that are going on and why they, why they happen. For example, why, why are certain tests done? Why are certain workup you know, strategies done? Um, because I've seen that done. But um, in terms of actually you know, dealing with the results of that workup, that's still very difficult. After his diagnosis, Ajay found his perspective quickly changed and he had to give some serious thought to what was really important in his life. I think a diagnosis of ALS for for anyone who goes through this really changes things very dramatically and very abruptly. You know, you have to kind of think about your priorities and think about your, um, you know, how you want to spend your time and what's the most meaningful aspect. And so for me, that's been just a a complete shift in in terms of thinking about what's important and what, um, what I want to do. And uh, for example, I mean, with, with my work, you know, I'm still, I'm still, um, you know, trying to do some work, but it's, it's shifted the, um, the focus of where I want to spend my time. Do I want to spend my time 
doing uh, more teaching or more mentorship, which is really what's most meaningful for me. And so um, that's really where I'm trying to focus my time there as opposed to other um, parts of my role. Um, and I think for anyone, you know, who goes through this, you have to think about, you know, not just your, your work, but also your, your, your family and thinking about um, financial implications and all the things that come with this sort of sudden drastic diagnosis. So it's a, it's a change of mindset, a change of mental attitude that happens really, really quickly um, because you're forced to have that change. One thing Ajay set out to do is something many people talk about but rarely get around to, making a so-called bucket list of all the things he wanted to do while he was still able and starting to check those things off. The first thing on his list was to finish a long-term goal, seeing a baseball game at every MLB ballpark. You know, I grew up really um, enjoying baseball and I followed baseball very closely young as a young child. Um, I don't follow it as closely anymore, to be honest, just, you know, with time, even before all this, you know, you're just kind of not having the same free time to do that. But I've always liked baseball as a sport. Um, and somewhere in probably high school or college, I, I made it a goal to see all the stadiums. You know, I've always been fascinated by baseball stadiums and the architecture and the different sorts of um, characters that each stadium has. And so um, somewhere in that time, I made it a goal to see all the stadiums. Um, and, you know, I, I mentioned I spent most of my time in medical training out in the Midwest, and I saw probably a dozen or so stadiums when I was there, made some road trips and um, saw the ones around that area. And so um, I had seen um, about 24 stadiums, 25 stadiums um, uh, going into this year. And, uh, and that's something that I wanted to, you know, wanted to try to finish um, in terms of my, my bucket list. Um, my, the trip was, the trip was fantastic. Um, I went on two trips with my brother and we went on one of them in May and we saw three of the stadiums. Then we went to Washington, DC. We went to Tampa Bay and Miami and saw three of them, uh, in that trip. And, uh, and then we went to another trip in June and we saw my final three stadiums. So, uh, Houston, um, Arlington, Texas, and, uh, Phoenix. And that was my final stadium. After his baseball tour, Ajay says there's a lot more travel in his future and more sports to be seen. Well, I'm going to try to do as much traveling um, as I can this year because, you know, I don't know if and when, you know, mobility will become a significant problem. And so this year we're, we're hoping, I'm hoping to go to actually uh, the U.S. Open in New York. It's, it's always been sort of my dream to go to at least one Grand Slam event. And this is tennis I'm talking about now. And so I'm hoping to do that in September, actually, with one of my good friends from high school who also um, follows tennis and we grew up playing tennis together. So we're hoping to do that in a few months. Um, we're also hoping, me and my wife and one of my, uh, my kids, my, my eldest daughter, we're hoping to go to the uh, Albuquerque um, Hot Air Balloon Festival in October, another sort of um, dream of, of ours to really see that in person. And then um, lastly, we're hoping in December to do a cruise to, uh, to Antarctica. Um, that's also been a bucket list for both me and my wife, actually. And so if we could do that together, that would actually be very special. For anyone in a similar situation, facing uncertainty about how much time they have to do the things they've always dreamt about, Ajay says it's essential to sit down and really think about what's truly important to you, and then to start to make a plan now, not later. Yeah, the advice I was I was given actually, and the advice I've seen in, in different um, you know groups and postings and things from other people with this is that you know make a bucket list and and start with the most difficult things, the most physically difficult things, 
and um, and then work your way through that. So that usually involves traveling if that's something that you're interested in doing. So um, traveling by plane or even by car, things that are going to be more taxing and more difficult to do later on. Um, but I would say, um, you know, the number one thing I would I would recommend again. I'm earlier earlier on in my course, but I would still say you have to keep keep living, right? You have to keep living and keep doing things that you want to do. Um, you know, you have to um, take things day by day, but also um, not uh, not forget, you know, what what gives your life meaning and gives your life that uh, that 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 sort of uh, importance. And so I would say, you know, there's a there's a challenging period that happens right after the diagnosis for for almost everyone, I would imagine, where, you know, you're trying to, you know, fathom, you know, what you're going to do and how you're going to process this. But once you get through that, I think it's really important to just, you know, have that perspective. And, and if you can, you know, do the things that you want to do. And this doesn't have to be traveling, but it can be anything, anything you've wanted to do in terms of, you know, your life's goals or life's, you know, um, mission. And, and do that again with the most physically difficult things first. Um, but but um, just prioritize your time. I think that's the most precious commodity we all have, even without an ALS diagnosis, but, but certainly with one. In addition to his travel ambitions, Ajay says he plans to get more involved with ALS TDI, inspired by our dedication to ending ALS. From my understanding, it's just a wonderful organization that is, I think, the only nonprofit, as far as I'm aware, that is focused solely on um, developing drugs for patients with ALS. Um, you know, a lot of other companies will will develop medications, but they're um, it's just one part of their their portfolio of of drugs to develop. And this is um, TDI's sole mission. And so, for me, that's actually really meaningful because um, you know it's something that. I know all the effort, all the money, all the time is going towards a cause that I am very now very personally involved and passionate about. Um, I, I wish I knew more about it. And I hope to get more involved with it in the future. But um, that's why I think a lot of people do support TDI. And it's the, the organization that people gravitate to when trying to make a difference. To learn more about ALS TDI's research to end ALS and how you can get involved, visit ALS.net. Thanks for listening.